This is the Photo Lady Podcast, Episode 1. Smile! Hello everyone, and welcome to the Photo Lady Podcast. My name is Natalia, and I will be your host. Now before we get started, I want to kind of explain a little bit what you should be expecting from this podcast and tell you just a little bit about myself. So like I said, my name is Natalia. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I didn't leave Miami until two years ago when I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, right as the pandemic was starting. So I moved here February of 2020 and COVID kind of shut down the world, or at least Atlanta, mainly in March. But because, you know, I literally moved February 1st, I didn't really have much time after moving here and getting settled to really discover Atlanta before everything got shut down. While I was in quarantine, I really wanted to take that time and dive in more on the history of photography, learn more, and discover new photographers that I had never heard about, as well as different cameras. I collect film cameras. I have about 20 of them, and that I know of, they're all working. Because I was trying to make a list of all those cameras that I have, I really got interested in their history. I got interested in photographers that use them just to see what their images came out looking like and kind of compare and contrast which camera gives what look. Hopefully, I am able to talk about each and every camera that I have, especially because some of them, they're either really hard to find or... They're, they're just old cameras and I think they're very interesting to be able to find out maybe what photographers use them or why they were discontinued, why they came to be, all that jazz. Now, now I know I am talking a lot about camera bodies, but in actuality, I think there is going to be a lot of episodes that are going to deal with specific photographers because I think that is the most interesting is discovering new artists out there that I have never heard of before that I'm very shocked that I have not heard of before. So for the most part, I probably will eventually do an episode on, you know, like Ansel Adams and Diane Arbus and all those photographers that most people do know because they are very important. But I think I want to start off and I'm going to start off with some that you probably have not heard of before. Or maybe you have and that's totally great. But I just want to help bring more of these people into light. So now without further ado, I want to talk about our first artist on the podcast and I think she is someone that is a really good person to start with for various reasons that you will find out as you continue listening. Her name is Anna Atkins. So Anna Atkins was born in Kent, England on March 16th, 1799. She was raised by her father, John George Children after her mother died a few years after giving birth to Anna from childbirth complications. John was a well-respected scientist and the first president of the Entomological Society of London. Now, John wanted Anna to be raised differently than other women of the time. One of the ways in which he made sure to accomplish this was by having her work in his lab. Although women in the 19th century were not able to become professional scientists, botany was something which all genders could partake in, specifically when it came to art and illustration, because this was something that could be considered a hobby. Anna helped her father by drawing 
256 scientifically accurate drawings of shells, which were published in his English translation of Jean-Baptiste de Lamarck's catalog titled Genre of Shells in 1822. Now let's pause for a moment and talk about women in the 19th century. In this day, there was something called separate spheres, and this meant that women and men would only come together for breakfast and then again at dinner. Women were meant to attract a husband, not through their domestic abilities as the generations before had done, but through their accomplishments, meaning that she had to have the knowledge of music, singing, drawing, dancing, and the modern languages. She must also possess a certain something in her air and manner of walking, the tone of her voice, her address, and expression. Now that's a quote that was taken out of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen as to how women were to be in this century. Now these young girls were growing up being told that they were to be educated if they wanted to find a husband, but not be too educated because then you would be called a blue stocking. Now what's a blue stocking? It's someone who was trying to one-up a man's intelligence. Some doctors even came out and said that too much studying would have a damaging impact on the ovaries turning young women into dried up prunes. So although Anna was considered a very smart lady for her time, in 1825, she did find a husband and she married John Peely Atkins and they moved into the Halstead Palace, which was the Atkins family home. In the 1830s, so about five years later, she started her collection of preserved plants. The couple was close friends with their neighbor, William Henry Fox Talbot, which we will get to an episode about him later because he is very, very important in the photography world. Anna received her first camera in 1841 while in her early 40s, and that we know of, none of the photographs that she took with this camera exists. So I want to believe there's no evidence that I found of this, but I want to believe that Talbot the neighbor was actually the one who gave Anna this camera, but I guess we'll never really know for sure. What we do know, however, is that Talbot's wife also had a camera at this time and took some images, but we also don't have any evidence of those photographs. So depending on who you talk to, some people will say that Anna was the first female photographer, but some people will say that Talbot's wife was the first female photographer We'll never really know because we don't have any evidence of these photographs. Anna printed her book, Photographs of British Algae, Cyanotype Impressions, in 1843, and this is seen as the first photography book. So this is a big, big reason as to why a lot of people consider Anna to be the first female photographer, because we do have this book as evidence. So you're probably wondering, what are cyanotypes? Cyanotypes were invented by John Herschel in 1842, just the year prior to Anna publishing her book. Cyanotypes are a photographic printing process made by mixing ferric ammonium citrate and potassium ferrocyanide. This is a very easy thing to make at home if you wanted to. I believe that Michaels sells a kit for it, and so does Blick, or you can even buy it off of Amazon. But it's very simple. It's these two chemicals come in two bottles. When you're ready, you're going to go into a dark room and you're going to mix the two. And then you just kind of spread it onto whatever paper. You can do it on paper. You can do it on cloth. Something that absorbs the liquid. 
and you place whatever and you place whatever you want to make a picture of on top of this paper before exposing it to the sun. So you've probably seen a lot of these examples of just how Anna did. A lot of people like to grab foliage or flowers from their backyard and they'll put it on top of the paper once it's dried, once the chemicals have dried. And you leave it out in the sun or if you happen to have a UV light, you can use that as well. And the more time you leave it exposed, the darker that blue is going to come out once it's been rinsed off in water. So Anna made 14 copies of her book by hand. And we believe that she did have some help from her household staff, but we're not totally sure about that. The book was never backed by anyone making this a project that Anna took on herself. The book was never bound, and instead it was held together by being sewn. The photographs were accompanied by the Latin name of the algae that was on the page, reminding you that it was a scientific book and not just a photography book. On the title page, British Algae Volume 1, it was spelled out using seaweed. So if you happen to be visiting New York or you live in New York, the New York Public Library does hold a copy of this book, that belonged to her friend John Herschel, who, as we said earlier, is the inventor of the cyanotype. So I think it's very, very, very cool that you can see in person not only the first photography book, but the first photography book that was by a woman and that belonged to her friend who was the inventor of the process that she used. And a little fun fact, Talbot wanted to be the first one to create the photography book, which he eventually did come out with his book called The Pencil of Nature, but because of how laborious of a process it was, Anna beat him to it. For some time, it was believed that the initials AA on Atkins' book stood for Anonymous Amateur. It wasn't until the 1990s that Atkins finally started to be considered as the first to create a photo book. So think about it. This book was published in 1843, and it wasn't until the 1990s that's basically like yesterday when you think about how long the world has existed that Atkins was finally given the recognition that she deserves given the credit that she deserves after the release of this book Atkins went on and created more cyanotype prints for other publications including cyanotypes of British and foreign flowering plants and ferns in collaboration with their friend Anne Dixon now, there's not much information that I could find about Atkins' personal life, which isn't too surprising. We do know that she never had any kids, and I couldn't find anything stating that she separated from John, so I'd like to believe that they stayed together till death did them part. She died at Halstead's Palace on June 9, 1871, of paralysis, rheumatism, I probably butchered that word, and exhaustion at the age of 72. I believe that Anna is buried at the St. Margaret Churchyard in Halstead, England. I'm not 100% sure if that's her or if it's actually John who's buried there, but there's definitely somebody buried in that spot. Check out your local art museum or gallery. Anna's work is possible to be seen in museums. The High here in Atlanta did have a showing a couple months ago that was focused on women photographers and I was able to see one of her cyanotypes in person. I definitely geeked out a little bit but I'm glad that she's getting the recognition that she deserves and that we're still able to see some of her stuff in person. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope that you guys will listen to me in two weeks as this will be a bi-weekly podcast. Everyone stay safe out there and have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you later.